0: Hey everybody, my name is Jasper Smith, also known as Mr. Bill Wealth. Some people call me a financial educator, financial planner, financial advisor, their credit counselor, insurance guy, investment guy, retirement guy, probably other names. I think financial concierge sums it up quite nicely. I've worked in the financial services arena close to 15 years now, and I've experienced people from all walks of life. The key thing that I've discovered which sets the wealthy apart from others is one thing, The wealthy have a comprehensive financial game plan. This game plan is something they commit to, update as needed, and it's appropriate for their current stage of life. No matter where you might be on your Build Wealth journey, I hope you find the stories and information shared on this podcast useful. Take what you learn and apply it to your life. And please share what you learn with your family, friends, coworkers, and community. Why? Because the more you share, the more you'll help me disrupt generational poverty for everyone so their kids, kids, kids can live a life of privilege. We kick off every episode with story time. During some episodes, you'll hear an inspiring story that will provide you with the encouragement or motivation that's needed to face your financial fears head on, while other stories will be cautionary tales that might help you avoid financial setbacks in life. Some stories will be general observations that Mr. Bill Wealth has made from living life as a financial services professional. Either way, we can learn so much from the actions of others and Consider maybe jotting down a few notes while you listen. Oh yeah, you'll even hear some personal stories from Mr. Bill Wealth himself. All right, let's get to it. The title of this story, Mary Conversation Part 2. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about my client Mary, and this is the second part of our conversation if you haven't heard the previous episode go back and check out story time because we we do a part one and after this one we have one more part that will conclude about my client mary so let's get into part two part two deals with mary's son so part one she has a daughter but mary also has a son and her son at the time was 40 years old and pretty much clueless about money. So we started hashing it out. We started right at the top. Mary, what happened with your boy? (laughs) So Mary just starts off by, you know, saying to me that, you know, he didn't want to go to school like her her daughter did. And he just wanted to kind of work. But he he wasn't really, like, motivated and driven to do, I don't say anything that's really going to make him some real money in this lifetime. So in her words, he just keeps working dead-end jobs that are taking him nowhere. And she knows that being a single mother was challenging, probably more so on her son than her daughter, because it, she felt like it's important for a son to have that father figure. Like, whether he's in the house or not, we can debate that later, but just having that figure somewhere that's present and her her son didn't have that. So Mary was constantly like, look, I I can't talk to him like a man. He has no like positive male role models. So it was challenging for her. She was like, I don't know what else to do. And I know that sometimes it takes people Longer to figure things out, but Mary's son had no mental illness, didn't do drugs, no i'll say crazy habits like he was in his right mind, he was just lazy <laughs> i mean literally he just he didn't there was no motivation to do anything in life and and mary would she's fought with him over the years around. Like, what are you into? What do you want to do? And he just he just wouldn't open up. And I think, again, she says he didn't have that positive male role model close enough to really pour into him. So yeah, he's not working a job. Oh, and I forgot to share this. He lives in the basement at Mary's house. So he's a 40-year-old guy, lives in his mom's basement. And And even on that note, Mary was like, he does not like bringing women over to the house because he lives with his mom. And I said, I wouldn't either. But maybe like even that wasn't an incentive for him to want to do a little bit better. Now, this money part, this is the part that also bothers her because she has to financially support him because he keeps working these dead-end jobs. And he's constantly in these, what we'll call them situations at work which results in him having to tap the bank of Mary all the time. So he gets a job and at some point he finds something wrong with it. And then he acts a fool and then he'll either get fired or they'll dial back his hours. So Mary's like, I am always having to do stuff for him. I mean, he's a grown ass man living in my basement. And because he can't get it together, it's affecting me. And if if you all can recall from episode uh, the previous episode about Mary, she's in her early 60s and is trying to figure out this next, we'll call it 10 years before she retires. She's totally fine with working another 10 years, but she's really getting to that point where she's like, I've got to make some critical decisions so I can retire comfortably. And she feels strongly that if her son just understood the language of money better, he wouldn't keep having these employment issues and would cherish that paycheck a lot more. And I asked Mary, I was like, do you want me to talk to him? Because I've helped you with your retirement plan. You've told me about your daughter. Now you've got this son. And I'm like, they're not listening to you. Like, it's just your mom. And mom isn't the one who may need to share this, I'll say new message with them so i told mary this i was like you gotta stop bailing him out because he's never gonna learn ever i mean if he's 40 and he can't get right i don't i don't know what else you can do i mean he's too damn old to not have his shit together and again if he had something physically or, or mentally holding him back i would have taken it a lot easier but he's making, man, he's making a conscious effort to not do right. And I told me I said, Mary, by you always bailing him out, you are enabling him. He will never grow up. He is 40 and lives in your basement. What are you going to do? Literally, I, I just paused. I was like, Mary, what are you going to do? Because... He's showing you time and time again that he without I'll say shaking up his world, he's not gonna change. And and I, I hit Mary with the, the question that I ask most people who have a family member who's dragging them down financially. I was like, you died, you died yesterday. What does your son do? And I, again, I, when I ask that question, I always pause because I want people to really think about it. Like, I don't even want to say anything else. Just, you just died yesterday. What happens? What happens? I mean, does he take care? Of, does he even clean up at the house? Can he take care of the house? Does he know that you still have a mortgage to pay? Like, you, you've got to do this process, I'll say gradually, because he may never move out. And and you've got to be okay with that. But what you can do is slowly start to implement some, some new way of living. Like when he calls you, you don't call him right back. I mean, unless it's a real, real emergency, I get it. But I was like, you slowly got to start stepping away. Like slowly. Don't try to go cold turkey because he just might crumble. Seriously, like you, you just... Take some baby steps and say, look, I love you, but you you a grown ass man. And I wanna help you to gradually do better because mama's retiring soon and I need you off payroll. Look, you can't baby your children forever. Or you can and they will just remain on your payroll. That that's that's the reality. You keep babying them, they're gonna keep coming to you. And and I guess Mary's way nicer than my parents because I had to learn the hard way. The bank of Esther and Ira Smith constantly sent me numerous denial letters. But for Mary, she kept giving in to her son. It's now time for the If You Were Me segment. People are always searching for those financial gems that can assist them with achieving financial greatness. And with that comes three questions I'm constantly asked. One, what do you think I should do? Two, if you were me, what would you do? And three, what do people in my situation typically do? When you're putting together your build wealth plan, it's got to be personalized and unique to your situation. However, when people ask me those questions, they are looking for blanket advice. I generally don't know enough about their situation to make a proper recommendation. So I do my best to give general guidance that they could have probably found doing a quick search on the Internet. It's then up to them to act on that information or sit on it and do nothing. I figured I'd put myself in someone else's shoes and tell them what I'd actually do. So if you're listening to this and. You're trying to talk to your parents about estate planning. Here's what I would do I'm going to start this process by probably thinking about or heavily considering speaking to an attorney. Now, I want to go to talk to an attorney so I can perhaps deliver some messaging to my parents because. People aren't necessarily willing or excited to talk about estate planning because it involves you making plans for when you're no longer here on this earth. So I would probably go and do some research first around what are some common themes that people should be thinking about as it relates to their estate plan. And the best source is going to be an estate planning attorney. And so if I'm thinking about having this conversation, I want to leverage this attorney and their expertise to help me have that initial conversation. And I'm saying initial because it's going to take more than one meeting to maybe get your parents on board if they're not really wanting to have the convo. So the more that I can do to prepare them for it might make it a lot easier. Now, if you're lucky and your parents have already discussed estate planning themselves, then maybe your job is to just make sure you know what's in the plan. But if my parents haven't done any planning or I just don't know if they have or not, well, we got to start having that conversation. And even though people may have done some planning in the past, as things have changed, so should perhaps their estate plan. So. I am first again going to go to an attorney, figure out what I need to know because what I'll probably find out is that there are some common things that maybe everybody should consider, or just maybe they need something very specific for their situation. Now, again, I'm not an attorney, but after doing some basic research. Attorneys might tell you a number of things, and they, I all, mm, I think they all should get some serious consideration because I see how they can play out in somebody's life. Because I've heard enough stories around people who didn't take estate planning seriously, and then the family is left with this mess. So, if you're trying to figure out like how you can maybe convince your parents to have this conversation, Again, having done your research is helpful, but two, you may be left with all this responsibility and you're not sure about what to do. So I I want you to take this very serious because if I'm you and I'm trying to talk to my parents about their estate plans, well, I'm going to go ahead and present maybe some things that I think I should know whether they've done it or not, but got to start that conversation. So I'm gonna find out, do they have a will, first off? Because if they don't, then how do we know who gets what? And they need to be very clear about who is getting whatever it is they want to leave to us as their children. And understanding that will is important because that gives us a basic set of instructions. It's not everything we need from an estate playing standpoint, but even though somebody may have a will that still has to go to probate, like the state still has to validate the will. And so I don't want my parents going to probate. I don't want to pay an attorney to go to probate court on my behalf. The probate system and process is very public in nature. And so now everybody's up in your business. I don't want that. So I'm gonna make sure that my parents have a will at a minimum, but I'm going to go a little further. So they got the wheel, great. Now I wanna ask if they have or are they considering a living wheel? And and that is really gonna outline the medical treatments they would want or not want to keep them alive. So I wanna be very clear on what needs to happen if my parents are in a particular state and their life is in my control. So I don't wanna have to think I want to talk to my parents about what they want to have happen in any scenario that that they can think of. Okay. So I'm going to have that talk about, you know, a living will. We're going to have a will. I'm also want to think about, you know, do they have trust set up? So, you know, what type of property do we have? Who is the trustee? Is there a successor trustee in case something happens to the trustee? Again, getting ahead is what I want to talk to my parents about. And understanding that having a trust could be important, especially if there's real estate involved, because real estate is a valuable asset, can be something that can be transferred to future generations if they want it to. But who's taking care of the property when my parents are leaving? Or if your parents are leaving, who's taking care of it? Who's the responsible party that will know what to do? with the help of some instructions from your parents. So definitely want to look at the living trust. And then two really important ones really fall along the lines of, you know, medical decisions or uh, things that have to take place if they were to become incapacitated. And then there may be financial decisions that also have to be made again, if they're incapacitated and can't make their own decisions. So I definitely want to talk to my parents about a financial and perhaps a medical power of attorney. Now, There's a lot that is involved with the power of attorney, but again, I might want to look at that from a medical and a financial perspective because there are, again, a lot of decisions might have to be made and my parents or parents might not be in the right frame of mind to make these decisions. But I have got to have this conversation with them because if I know the bulk of the responsibility is going to fall on my plate as their child, then I need to be overly aware of what's going on. And then I would say the last piece I want to make sure to to talk to my parents about is just making sure their beneficiaries are up to date. Just when I think about their retirement accounts, any life insurance, any bank accounts, any retail or non-retirement investment accounts, if I can stamp a beneficiary on there, great, because that I know will go to the person or the organization or charity that they want to designate, but I would want to have that conversation with my parents because we're talking about estate planning. And when I think about this in in totality, it is a love letter you are essentially leaving for your family. And that's why estate planning is so important. So if I'm you and I'm trying to figure out how to have the conversation, it's going to be, you know multiple conversations what I will say. This isn't a one and done type of thing. So I want to make sure that my parents or parent are comfortable just with the topic of our mortality or their mortality because some people aren't. So if we can get past that, then again, I'm going to think about connecting with an attorney to make sure that I know how to present towards them or to my parents and how I can kind of ease this transition into the conversation if they're unwilling to have it. And then of course, having that information and education from the attorney, understanding that maybe a will is needed, a living will, trust, powers of attorney, you know, checking up on their beneficiary. So I want to make sure that when it's time to have this conversation, or if it's going to be over the course of a couple of months or whatever, I have got to make sure that I am ready. Because my parents might not be, and I might have to be the person that's going to encourage them to have this conversation about their estate plans. Here's why this is so important. Don't have the conversation and watch what happens to families. And you can find a lot of stories on the internet that talk about people or families who should have taken care of this stuff while they were here on this earth, but now their family is left with a mess. I don't want that to happen to me or my family or anybody else. So if you're trying to figure out how to have this conversation, I would say do it sooner rather than later. Hopefully the tips that I've shared will be useful to you as you're trying to talk to your parents about estate planning. As always, you should consult with your own financial professionals to ensure the moves you're making as it relates to your bill wealth plans are in your best interest. I want to give you, the listener, a big shout out for tuning in. I'd love for you to join me on my quest to disrupt generational poverty. Whenever you're ready, head over to thebillwealthmovement.com and fill out the contact us section at the bottom of the page. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at TBW movement and on Instagram at thebillwealthmovement. I also want to ask you a question. Do you have an inspiring story, a cautionary tale, or some good old Build Wealth advice? I'd love to hear from you. You can send your story or advice to share at readytobuildwealth.com. And that's the number two. So again, that's share at readytobuildwealth.com. Or leave it on our share voicemail at 888-56-SHARE. Again, the share voicemail is 888 888- five, six, share. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Well, that'll do it. Until next time, just know that I'll be working tirelessly to disrupt generational poverty for everyone so their kids, kids, kids can live a life of privilege.